Welcome to One Digit Stops on Plus One. That's right, for the new short series, I'm joined here at Measure for Measure Couture Tailoring and Alterations on 4th Street in Duluth, Minnesota by my lovely wife, Darcy. Hello! Proprietress of this fine establishment. Hello, Darcy. Hi. So when I finished up with Men with Brooms, it was time to start up another short series, and when Darcy heard that choice, I was able to convince her to join me on pod once again. Here I am. I don't know why I'm being cagey. If you saw the episode title before you started listening, you already know that we're going to look at Disney Plus series The Muppets Mayhem, as suggested at the Dog Days Facebook group by Crazy Joe, and seconded by Nutty. Uh, Darcy, I know that the Muppets have existed in one form or another since before we were born, and as far as I'm concerned, the Muppets, like the Peanuts, have just always existed. Yeah, they're super important, and uh, I can't... I mean, I remember a time without him, but it wasn't a good time, Paul. Okay. <laughs> uh, Sesame Street, The Muppet Show, The Muppet Movie, and all the films that followed have been a continuous presence. Uh, I, I kind of thought the previous series, Muppets Now, that was influenced by the social distancing of the COVID pandemic was... Eh, it was all right. It was all right. Uh, and this series seemed to be projecting a more retro vibe, so I was pretty excited. Yeah. So today, we're going to look at Muppets Mayhem Track 1, Can You Picture That? And I suppose I should say that all of these episodes dropped on May 10th, 2023. So I'll give a brief summary. Nora Singh works for Waxtown Records, a dying label, and she wants to prove herself by making a record before the owner, Penny Waxman, closes up shop. While tasked with shredding old documents, she discovers that Waxman signed the Electric Mayhem to a contract in the 70s and paid out a hefty advance. The Electric Mayhem never followed through with a recording. Lily initially poses as Waxtown CEO and convinces the band they need to make the long-overdue album. However, the Electric Mayhem live up to their name and chaos descends. It does indeed. Uh, so I guess we could do our favorite lines. Okay. Okay. Uh, my favorite is probably, like, it comes up really, really quick right at the beginning, uh, which is when she's singing... I want to rock and roll all night and part of every day. Because I like Mondegreens. That's that's pretty funny. Yes. Can you think of another one that's funny? Another Mondegreen? Another Mondegreen that's funny? Uh, maybe people don't know what that word means. Oh, it's, it's a, a mis misheard song lyric like, uh, excuse me while I kiss this guy. Yeah? In, uh... Purple Haze. Or All of the Seals. What, who, who, who sings All of the Seals? Belinda Carlisle and the Go-Go's. I'm not sure if I know All of the Seals. What is that? Our lips are sealed. Oh, <laughs> our lips are sealed. <laughs> but it really does sound like All of the Seals, especially when you're a little girl. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, did you have a favorite line? Um... Yeah, I, I liked uh, Miss Miss Janet. She says, which room is best for pants-free hot yoga? And uh, she says, the sister says, none of them. Yeah, and which room is best for pants-free hot yoga? None of them. Hi. That's good. All right, I've got a little uh, who is this human section. Lily Singh plays the human lead Nora Singh. Yep. Choice of name. Uh, Lily made her fame as a YouTube personality and comedian earning millions annually on her YouTube channels. 
So it's kind of amusing that the character Nora's younger sister Hannah is a popular and successful online personality. And I didn't know that until you told me. Yeah, I didn't either. I have no idea who anybody <laughs> is, really. Most, I know who some people are, but... I, I don't, so... But not uh, not Lily Singh. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, her younger sister plays the online personality, and Singh's character is a tightly wound type A personality still trying to make it in the world. Uh, Lily has written several books, was host of her own NBC late-night talk show, A Little Late with Lily Singh, and she has done voice work for several series, including Riverdance, The Animated Adventure. Have you seen it? No, but maybe it's a good choice for this channel. People can let us know. It's uh, apparently animated and... And river dancey. Dancy of the river, yes. Yes. Okay, so I've got history of this Muppet. And this Muppet this week is Dr. Teeth. Aww. I've looked at a couple of different publicly compiled wikis for this, so of course there could be some in inaccuracies, but I think I've got a pretty good sense of what's going on. Uh, I found several biographical details that I have to admit I'm not going to share here because they're evidently spoiling small gags later in the series. I don't think I found out anything earth-shaking, but if I share it here, then it's not a joke anymore. Okay. I will say that this series appears to have either intentionally or unintentionally retconned some things established previously in other media. Dr. Teeth and indeed, indeed the entire Electric Mayhem first appeared March 18th, 1975 on the, on the Tonight Show, promoting the second Muppet Show pilot, which would air the next night, The Muppet Show, Sex and Violence. Oh, God. <laughs> which was meant to prove that the uh, adult audience could get into the Muppets. Okay. <laughs> the Dr. Teeth Muppet was designed by Jim Henson and Michael K. Frith, and he was built by Don Salen. Original characterization was performed by Jim Henson himself, who based the character on musician Dr. John. Hmm. Uh, right place at the wrong time, or is that one of his? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I, I didn't write any of it down, so I just had to guess that one on the moment, yeah. spur of the moment. Uh, Jim Henson reportedly declared that Dr. Teeth was the hardest character por to portray due to his over-the-top gravelly delivery. Yeah, I could see that. Dr. Teeth had very long arms, which were handled by other Muppeteers while Jim Henson worked the main body and head control. While the rest of the Electric Mayhem are also members of the on-screen Muppet Orchestra in The Muppet Show, Dr. Teeth's skills on the keys were replaced by Rolf the Dog in that pit. Aw, Ralph. After Henson's death in 1990, Dr. Teeth appeared less often for a time, but uh, since 2005's Muppet Wizards of Oz... Bill Beretta has been performing Dr. Teeth. Yeah. He, he does a good job. All right, so now I'm going to read a little biographical information on you. Uh-oh. Darcy has had a lifelong experience with textiles, apparel, and costume design. She has a BA in theatrical costume design from Montana State University Bozeman. Or, I guess, technically a degree in theater. Yeah. With that concentration is what yeah. you're working on. Uh, over the years, she's worked in many design and sewing positions and currently operates Measure for Measure Tailoring and Alteration Shop, where we are currently recording this episode. She's designed costumes professionally, nationally. Some of her work has been visible in live shows, films, and television. More recently, she's had costume constructions featured in two Christmas movies, last year's Hulu movie, Merry Kiss Cam. Sorry. 
<laughs> and this year, Rescuing Christmas for Hallmark Channel. In the past, she's also worked on costumes for the nationally touring Sesame Street Live. So she has Muppet skills and knowledge, along with an extensive knowledge of technique in general. So while this series seems unlikely to feature Bert, Ernie, or Elmo, she will be possibly able to identify construction and tricks in this section that we're calling, How Did They Muppet That? And when I told you about the How Did They Muppet That and you watched the episode, you said you might be able to say something about Dr. Teeth's hat. Yeah, so the way that is constructed... I think, I mean, because obviously I have not ever seen Dr. Teeth other than I did see his puppet at the Natural History Museum in Denver, probably, I want to say, 1979. Okay, so. So, you know, it was a long time ago, but I did actually see a, a bunch of Muppets up, up close and um, maybe that was part of you know what what got me going as far as like making things because I've always I've always been a maker so sure. uh, and I really really enjoyed that that trip to to that museum with it was with a summer program that we would go to so and I know that they said in uh, one of the wiki wiki articles about Dr. Teeth that original design the hat was much much bigger and the guy really didn't think about how it would work on television so it was going to be you know it the way he designed it it would have been casting big shadows on other characters and things like that so they made it into this slightly smaller affair but it's a fairly animated looking hat it's animated and then also that you you know that it's kind of tipped back yeah as opposed to like worn straight up like a top hat would be worn up sure so that would also you know aid in the the fact that it keeps it out of uh, everybody else's business, but it also still is, is a very animated hat. So I believe it is uh, constructed out of um, a mesh on the inside. Okay. And then they take, it's called feather boning, and you run it along the side of a tube of mesh. Like in a spiral? Like in a spiral. Okay. And uh, you, you, I think that in that, they, they would have had to hand stitch it because you wouldn't be able to get in there with a, a machine. Okay. So, and a lot of their stuff is hand done. So, you know. And then also figure this stuff is not made by people who, who sew for a living. They, that, that was not how well, any yeah, of not this in the was day, started. Especially, right. No, they just, they just started and made things the way they could figure out how to make it, which is super cool that they just figured it out. So whoever thought of that was brilliant because they ended up using that and and definitely it was in all of the the um, Sesame Street Live characters, and every I'd, single one of them. And I'd so. imagine that hat is that hat seems like it's animated enough that it's probably they probably got some extra control inside the head to make that flop that way. No, it's oh, it's, it's, enti- it's it's weighted in the back. Okay, and then because it's in that spiral. The spiral controls it. You also see that it actually kind of twists a little bit oh. when you look at it. So that's that's kind of that's. I don't know if it's really that interesting, but I, I I am always interested in little details like that. And that's how they muppeted that. So, um, in terms of this part, this is going to be the review part. So we can talk about what worked and what didn't, and uh, we can go whichever order you want. So there's only two of us, so it's either me then you or you then me. Oh, I didn't know that I was doing that, but okay. Well, you need to. We need to talk about our what our thoughts were. Okay. Well, I always have thoughts and opinions. All right. Well, I can go through mine, and we can see what see if you want to 
uh, interject or disagree or whatever. I will interject as I usually do. So I was expecting this, as I was expecting, the show definitely is a more nostalgic vibe, I would say. Um, and there were a lot of as themselves cameos because everyone wants to work with Muppets. Of course. I mean, that's been since the, the show, especially. I mean, everybody wanted to be on the Muppet show with the Muppets. And, of course, now that I'm uh, an old man, I don't necessarily recognize everybody, so I kind of have to guess. Yeah, that was hard for me. I was like, oh, I think I'm supposed to recognize this person or that person. And occasionally I they'd, just don't because I'm old. But. Occasionally they knew that you might not be able to necessarily recognize them out of context, and they'd say, hey, Billy Corgan. <laughs> yeah, that helped me out a lot. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Uh, I liked it a lot when they mistakenly gave Danny Trejo's, Tra- Danny Trejo's house a makeover. And I really liked his little dog, too. And that he really loved it. I didn't think it was absolutely clear whether he was a character or himself, but he was credited as himself, which is kind of a... Uh, you don't know about the Rockford episode with the uh, with the jockey, but uh, no. it's, a, it's a running thing lately where there's a person who's credited as themselves, but they seem to be playing another character. I thought he was definitely playing himself and that he had this like really drab house and it was pretty jazz that it that they fixed it. Yeah. They did. They fixed it. They fixed it. They fixed it up. Uh then I thought that uh, I would have been hooked by the premise of an uptight executive wrangling a far out 70s rock band that was too far out to remember a contract from back in the day even if it wasn't attached to the Muppets specifically. It sounds like a great plot. It is. And another thing I liked too, Paul, was how they, because um, I don't know, it was magic for me when I went to see the Muppets the first time, the Muppet movies specifically, and then they did have that montage where they painted the, the car. Yeah. And I remember, you know, you hear that music, oh yeah, and all of that, and then you see the paint. Right. And, and you know, it's the, the kind of... Uh, pouring of the paint and you know it, that just gives me such a fun feeling and you know it's it still does and it, it, you, it, I thought it translated really well. You, you shouted out the uh, the oh, the all writer oh yeah before it happened. What was it? What is it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah you said that. You said it before they said before. You said it on uh, ahead of Doctor T just enough to. Yeah. I, I mean it's really exciting for me. So. Yeah. And I also like just at the end where it looked like they were ready to get down to business, but suddenly they're on a road trip. Yeah, because they do that. So in terms of what didn't work, I don't know if there's a lot that didn't work. I think Billy Corgan probably had fun, but he wasn't really much of an actor. But uh, he's not meant to be, so I suppose you can forgive him that. Yeah. Uh, I'm not much of an actor either, but uh, the only other thought that I had that I would say is that they... They cut a lot of the musical sequences rather short. I know they've got some kind of time restraint, but then again, it is a streaming show, so it's not like you have to make the commercial space for the network or True. anything like that, yeah. or, or or make sure that your lead-in to the latest sitcom isn't being uh, being you're not going over or something like that. But uh, yeah, but especially the title cut. Can you picture that? It seemed like it was much shorter. Than yeah. The, than the movie sequence. Yeah, but the thing is, too, you know, things have changed. People don't have the attention spans that we once did, supposedly. Yeah, I, I just... You know, I, I don't know if everybody buys into that, but it, uh, I think it has some cred. I could have done with a verse or so less of Rock and Roll All Night and more of Can You Picture That? Yeah, 
I don't know. I I mean, I like I liked it, but yeah. Do well, you have anything else you want to say about this episode before we wrap up tonight? Um, I don't know. I I was also really I really liked the uh, kind of the artistry of the shack. Yeah. I thought that was really cool, you know, because they talked about the shack. Well, we're going to go to the shack, and you're you're kind of like, well, what what does that look like? You know, is it is it a hobbit house? Is it, <laughs> you know, because even like if you think back to like Happiness Hotel, and yeah, those sorts yeah. of things, uh, I think that that's it. You know, of course, I was just curious, how's this going to work out? But it really, uh, I I was pleased. I thought that was neat. And I think they they built that location out to be a. A location over the course of the ten episodes, I have a feeling. Well, it's where they're supposed to be sitting while they're recording. Yes. Their, their uh, album on their road trip. <laughs> All right. So uh, next time, track two, True Colors, which I predict they'll ju- time jump past the resolution of the cliffhanger and jump right into some new action. Yeah, probably so. Because I mean. Chaotic action. Chaotic action. The, 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 the time for tension on hanging off of a cliff is... They've already shown it. Yeah. They don't need to go back right back into it, I don't think. No, I don't think so. It's normal. You always have the gag, you know, the gag of the everybody move to the back of the bus, and the, there's one thing that happens out at the front that makes things perilous. And, didn't, you know. that, didn't that happen on uh, Veronica Mars? Is that was that was there? Well, I, there was there was a bus plunge. Was there a bus plunge? <laughs> but I don't think it was a comical. <laughs> it one. wasn't comical. Okay, I don't remember entirely. I just remember thinking everybody to the back of the bus. But okay, maybe not. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. Uh, so until next time, we say happy hunting. Happy hunting. You've been listening to the One Idget's Thoughts On podcast produced by Paul Mackey in association with Nimlas Studios. Any short clips of audio from shows is included under fair use for commentary purposes and copyright for that content remains with its original copyright holders. The theme song is Too Good by Jack Mangan and is used by his generous permission. One Idget's Thoughts is produced under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License. You can find more episodes of this podcast and many other fine podcasts at nimlast.org. You can contact me by emailing idgetcastpodcast at gmail.com or commenting on episodes at nimlast.org. There sure are a lot of Muppets without pants in this series. I realize that's nothing new for the Muppets in general, but it's usually not directly referenced as much. No. You gotta love, you know. Naked guy in a hot tub. <laughs>